I just want to welcome anybody that's watching by YouTube or listening by podcast today. We're excited to have you participate in our gathering experience. And if you want more information, you can email us at livinggracegr at outlook.com and we can provide you with more information. So just a few minutes ago, we did our worship set. The last song was designed for a meditative state. And I'm looking for feedback. What did you guys hear? I'll tell you what I heard afterwards. Greg. I heard the uh, the, um, song said, no matter what your eyes see, no matter what you've experienced in your life, loss, loved ones, financial loss, job loss, betrayal, no matter what, what is going on, he will always be there. Mm-hmm. He he will always be with you. He will always sustain you. He will always uphold you. And that's even when you don't see him. Mm-hmm. He is doing that. Good. Excellent. Anybody else? He's always running after us. He's always, always running after us. Even when we don't know it yeah. or want it or believe it. Yeah. Always. Always. Gary. Simply heard three words. I am enough. I am enough. And, okay, that's pretty egocentric. Yeah. And God said, no, if I'm in you and you're in me, then you are enough. When you say I am enough, you're including me in that statement. So much of what we, the thing that plays in our head all the time is not real. It's not who we are. We develop that based on what other people say about us, the environment, and a number of other things. That's we decide we are, but it's only when we connect it to Him in the moment that we can be and understand who we really are. Good. Good. I like that. Anyone else? You said something to say? Yeah, it's precious. I am precious to him. Yeah. And he loves me and saved me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good words. How does that feel? Uh, peaceful. And I, I have joy in that. Yeah. And, um, Good. Grateful. Good. Good. Anybody else? Anybody online? Stuart. I had three really interesting revelations. One, I saw at the first song, inspired me to think about praise, and it was talking about praising Jesus. And I'm not a praise Jesus guy. I'm more of a praise God guy. And I was seeing, and we talked about this, you and I, this vision I have of of God and the cosmos and coming through down comes Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing myself and my praise, which went from praise to adoration through that channel of Jesus up to the creator. That was the first thing that I thought that was really interesting. The second thing piggybacks on what Gary was saying. I was thinking about a sculpture and about us being in him and him being in us. And there's a spiritual art show that I'd love to enter into. And I was thinking about making some sort of a, a manger scene, a cradle. But instead of just the Jesus head in it, I want to put a mirror so that when you look at it, you see it yourself. And then I'm thinking about the same thing on the cross, so that it might be a two, a two. So when you look at this crucifix, not only would you see Jesus on the cross, but you'd see yourself. Mm-hmm. Because as Gary was saying, we are in him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that really portrayed a really neat message. And the third thing that I saw that was really interesting to me is I was just sitting here and I was thinking about, about Mike and... Linda, and I was just thinking, well, I'll bet this song ministers to her. And I look over to her and she's standing up. And can I say what came to me about them? It's positive. All right. Um, it's not R rated, is it? No, no. <laughs> but what I was seeing was really interesting because I was seeing that, that God brought you two together. And I hate using this expression, but for such a time as this. Why are you dead all the time? I know, and I don't. I that's one of my taboo expressions. But I saw that in in the two of you, and I got the impression 
that you could may have on your own or together looked at each other and said, where have you been all my life? <laughs> in spite of the fact that you've had separate lives and children, there's still that connection that I'm seeing. And I was seeing the idea that you guys would be interested in having a ministry of some sort. And I thought about that. And what came to me is that the love that God has between the two of you explodes like an umbrella. Mm -hmm. And it's the power of that love that ministers to others around. And there's healing that comes out of that. So the point is, is that desire for ministry is there. It's already there. You don't need to do anything to but rejoice in it. Amen. It's good. Anybody else online? Anybody online got anything? Simply put, love supersedes all, whether it's circumstance, whether it's whatever it is. His agape love supersedes all. You know, someone had mentioned the thoughts that come into our mind. And as we cast those down and embrace the agape love, the mm -hmm. truth, how freeing that is. So, yeah. Good. Good. Muriel or Mark? I um, I was just thinking when they're singing about running and the other song that spoke about um, how he is always faithful, always has been faithful. And our faith obviously comes from him and through our experience with him. And as we know him more, our faith also grows. But I was thinking of the running and I was picturing uh, a father running, running, running so hard with joy across his face to his prodigal son who had come home. And that was the father. The father is running towards you. And I thought of Jesus. I don't remember him any words saying that he ran while he was here. I'm sure he must have, but there's no actual real words saying that he ran. But I, talk, I thought about, but he walked on the earth. He did ride a donkey. He rode a boat. He walked on the water. And he walked to all these things to his very death. And then I start thinking about his death on the cross and, and what he endured and, and and the love that held him there. And it just melted my heart. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Good. Anyone else? Mark? Sharon? Mike? Go ahead, Mark. I didn't get anything during the last two minutes, but during two of the songs, the first one, the word redeemed jumped out. While I had in mind what you said, said to ask for the last two minutes so that really hit home during that first song i think on free from bondage on you know i can list off several things but i'm everything is. Yeah. and i think during the all is well song i just heard the word yes i'm just been feeling like lately the last few weeks as i'm on the right track or in the right place, finding the sweet spot in the resting place. So I was just hearing the yes and both of those. Yeah, yeah to the time for both of those words, I uh, just felt peaceful. So I awesome. felt like answering the question there. Good. When you said yes, I started tingling. So great. Sharon. I had something unusual happen, and I hope it doesn't come across as conceited. But in the first song, Forever and Ever, Amen, there was a, a lyric of singing with angels, and I envisioned me singing with the angels. And then things flip-flopped, and Jesus was singing back to me, holy Worthy. Yeah. And it was even a oh praise her name. Wow, I love and it. And it over into all is well. Again, instead of mankind singing to him, he was singing to us as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by the third song, I went back to singing praises to him. It's an awesome song of praise and in the meditative portion i heard i love you sharon oh, yeah. nice that's good that's good 
Gonna just pause there for a moment. That's good. It's not conceited at all. He cares about every hair on your head. Wow. Mike, anything? Yeah, maybe a, a comment first. Thank you, Stuart, for your kind words. Linda and I do share very openly, and she's been really a role model for me because she has a deeper walk. One of the things we were actually speaking last night about, I think I'm in a position now in the new year where I can open up and find peace, which is something that I really yearn for, and a deeper walk mm -hmm. with the Lord spiritually. And one of the things that's happened to us since we've met only six months now is we both feel the sense of joy, which is something that neither of us have had for a very long mm -hmm. time. And it's just really wonderful. So thank you for noticing that, Stuart. And I think I'm in, a, in the right place here to continue this journey. And I'm optimistic for really good things to happen, not just because we're getting married, but, you know, spiritually mm -hmm. and uh, just to be well balanced and, and make, good, make good decisions and do the right things. Awesome. So awesome. Great share. Thank you. Whew. Carol, I didn't skip you, did I? I did skip you. Okay. No worries. Sorry. So I'll tell you what I heard. First of all, the first song, if you remember the line about he redeemed our story. He's redeemed our story. He's redeemed our life. Our life story has been put back into motion, put back into action because of him. But what struck me the most was when I was listening, I the Lord said, Terry, I love you. And I'm going to replenish the energy supply that you have expended fighting off this thing. But not only for you, but I'm going to do it for everyone in your group. Because I love all of you. And that touched me deeply. And as that started to unfold, my back started to loosen up. Because when we first started this morning, I could barely stand up. So, so I'm feeling good because he's good and he loves us. And you just demonstrated all of your comments demonstrates how much he loves and cares for us. And so I just think that's so awesome. And I wanted to share that with you as well, because he's mindful of everything that's going on in our life. And a number of us in this room has experienced some level of this respiratory stuff and other things in the last few weeks. And you know what? It drained you. You can only cough so long and not get without feeling the, the fatigue and stuff. So the fact that he's replenishing what's already been expended is just amazing to me. Linda. And just to follow up with that, as Mike said, I, we've been experiencing joy and in a new way because i've always known you know happiness comes from the outside to us but joy is from the inside out and i'm really starting to understand that better because it's that joy that's in there that's in that's him that's in us and that's also a healing mm -hmm. property and to experience that kind of joy from within is just immeasurable yeah, that's great that's good so I want you to take out, if you've got a Bible with you today, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 22 and starting in verse 34. Because well, everything you've talked about is, is what we're going to experience in different ways over the next few weeks. But it's going to start with moving us towards the fact that we are influencers. And... We're going to explore in the next few weeks through the, through the greatest of commandments how we how we relate to God, how we relate to the, each other, and how we relate to our world. And so I want to start with Matthew 22, verse 34. And I'm going to be sipping hot tea here to keep my voice going. Everybody got it? That's got, got some electronic ones, got some one paper one. I love it. I printed mine up on paper too. So, so here it says, Matthew 22, 34. This is from the, New, the King James Version. 
When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, <laughs> asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, there's a lot in that, but I'd like to also read it to you um, from the New Living Translation. But when, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, now you got to know there's a party going on there because the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were like this. They didn't get along. So if Jesus silenced the, the Sadducees, you got to know the Pharisees were going, yeah, right? Way to go, Jesus. Do it to him again. So he turns to them. <laughs> One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law all and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So when you hear that, what comes to mind? What's the first thing that comes to mind? question yeah he's talking to the pharisees and sadducees and they're asking him under the law mm -hmm. so my thought process is that's we're talking old testament here under the law and where's he bringing that to you know because this is pre-crucifixion yep and there are a lot of scholars who will tell you these are the only two commandments that survive the cross, that all the previous commandments don't. So let me see if I can. Well, how do we know that? Because Paul talks about I, I, those that phrase, love the Lord your God or love your, your um, neighbor as yourself. Those phrases, love your neighbor and things, they, they move on into other areas. Um, I mean, Jesus even taught, you, you've heard it said that you should... Uh, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But then he goes on to say, but you really should love your enemies. So he's instructing them of a way of life, contrary to the law. So that's part of what he's trying to do. He's trying to break them out of those 613 commandments, uh, because 613 commandments nobody can keep. So, so Matthew 5.43 says, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And then it goes on to say, but I tell you, you should love your enemies. Okay. Um, and that's part of the Beatitudes. Matthew 19, 19 says, Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then somewhere, Romans, which is post-cross then, when it talks about you shall not commit adultery, this is Romans 13, 9, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. covet. And if And there's no other commandment all are summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul's recognizing that those two, the greatest commandment in the next one came through because he's reiterating, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. And then um, Galatians 5.14, Paul says it again, for the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So loving yourself, loving your neighbor, loving God is the fulfillment of all of the law and the prophet. It all merges into that, those two commands, and they survive the cross. I mean, what good is a Christian walk if I hate you, Linda? That would, that, that would just suck, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So love is huge, and it has multiple aspects, obviously. Um, and again, James 2.8 has the same thing, that if, if you want to fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So, so those, those verses come up past Matthew and Mark, because Mark also has uh, that same scripture in, or those same reference in Mark 12.30 to 31. 
And he actually adds, Mark actually adds, not only do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and with all your mind, but you love with all your strength. Your, your what? Strength. Okay. So those are interesting. Um, and Jesus, I mean, if you, if you think about it, and it goes way back even in the Old Testament, there are commands to love God, to love your neighbor, to love, to love others well. And that's something that even pre-exists from the foundation of the universe, because God loves us all. And he's put us here to share and to be representatives of that love. Newsflash. You get to love yourself. Linda. This might be a rabbit trail, but as you're as I'm thinking here that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, it's because he just as he is, so are we. So then to love our neighbor is is him inside of us loving them as he does. Mm -hmm. So it's all interconnected and entwined into that, into him. Yeah. And it's not just us saying, oh, I, I love my neighbor. Yeah. It's, it's, that's external. It all comes back to the internal of him inside of us. And I think, I think maybe he's trying to teach them that, you know, he's, he's in there and going to be in there. So that was something about love that we've learned. Agape love is interactive. It's outreaching, right? Well, the 613 laws did not interact well with others. You, if you couldn't keep it for yourself, you were going to be having trouble relating to others because it's going to create guilt, shame, condemnation, all kinds of things. And again, apologize for my voice here. And so you're right, Linda, there's, you know, He's teaching a better way, which includes then us realizing he's in us as he is. So are we. So we have the capacity to love. And Greg and I have talked recently about the Beatitudes. You know, early on, we we learned that the Beatitudes were Jesus putting an impossible standard out there so that they realized under the law they couldn't keep it and that they needed they needed to be their life story to be redeemed, to be saved. But then after the cross, it's like, oh, wait a minute. As he is, so are we. And he's doing all of these things. So we can do them. So it's important to realize that you are not second-class people. Second-class people look at someone else and go, they're better than I am. And then they begin to put themselves down, or they strive to measure up. All the groupies that would go to conferences because they are chasing the anointing rather, chasing, rather than pursuing a relationship with God. You realize you can, you can chase an anointing and lose sight of God in the middle of all that? He doesn't want us to lose sight. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Everything you have is, is focused on him. What's love? Let's talk about that. The word love in that is in the context of that verse, it's agape. What do we know about agape? What do we know about this love? Unconditional. It's unconditional. What else? It's always outward. Always outward. Quiet on this side of the room. It's always flowing. It's always always flowing. It's always in the on position. <clears throat> It carries no guilt or shame, condemnation. Carries no guilt, shame, condemnation. The highest form of energy. That's good. Highest form of energy. 
So, Stuart, when you love yourself, what's the energy? Well, it's positive. Okay. And because of that, it's going to be restorative, which is all-inclusive of, it's not just healing. It's not just encouraging. It's restorative, and it's, and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get the right word. It, it's, it's what keeps the king on the throne. Good. Good. And I guess that's what puts us on the throne with him. Okay. So I'm going to take you in a different direction for the moment. I'll even use a different pen because I can. A faster one? Yeah. <laughs> Agape love is defined as to welcome. All these things are true, but here's some additions that you haven't thought of. To welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly. Difficult to define a word when they use the word itself. <laughs> but also to be pleased. And to be contented with. How about to like? There you go. I'll put that in there. To like. When you see these, does that change anything in your thought patterns? It makes it relational. It makes it relational. Excellent. So when God is when God is loving you, He's welcoming. He's under He's He's entertaining you. He's fond of you. He loves you dearly. He's pleased with you. He's contented with you. And he likes you. Can you say, God likes me? God likes me? God likes me. One more time. God likes me. See, he's not displeased. And he's not trying to avoid. But stuff gets in the way of us realizing this. Question. Yes, sir. All those things God is towards you. Are you that way towards yourself? Well, and are you towards him? Let's go there first. But yeah, that's the, that's the question in the next few weeks. Am I this way towards God? And remember, agape doesn't demand anything from us. But am I also this way towards me? Can you write that up there? No demands. Sure. In blue. In what? Blue. Blue. No demands. <laughs> just blue. <laughs> just, just do it this way. <laughs> no sick. demands. No demands. That's important. He's not, he's not demanding that you do A, B, C, D, and E before his love is sent to you. It's actually sent to you, and as you experience the love and the grace that comes through with that, then as Don Keithley says, life changes from the inside out. Linda and Mike have experienced expressed an experience of joy right now that's on the inside. They didn't find that externally. It didn't come, you know, it might have been prompted by, by their ever-developing relationship, but it was there and it's coming out. And that's the beauty of it because it comes from the inside out and they didn't have to beg, plead, or borrow, or steal to get it. I just think that's pretty awesome. So, if this is God's way towards us, then and the same word is used that we are to love the Lord your God. Agape is used as a reverse, or not as a reverse, but as an expression back. How many of you feel like you're doing that? That's a rhetorical question. You don't have to raise your hands. But how many of you feel 
that this kind of flow comes back from you towards God. And I will tell you it's hard at times. Because sometimes life gets in the way. Life experiences. And, we've, and we have been so programmed from a young age to, to expect God to judge us and to judge us harshly most of the time. And so it's hard. It's hard to love. If Greg, if Greg were to sit there and, and just come at me with hand grenade after 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 hand grenade, you know, it might be hard to love him back in the natural. Nuke him, yeah. But there's a there's a place within me that just as joy is welling up in, in Linda and Mike, there's a place within me that if I can just pause, like we did today, we paused during the worship time. And when I pause and I just let my thoughts and, and my being just drift towards him, then some of those barriers come down over time. It'd be so nice if you just snap a finger and it'd be done, right? But we're on a different journey. And sometimes the ability to do this, sometimes the ability to, to do this, to love him back, just requires us to, to take a breath. Greg. Reading those verses again. First of all, it says, this is the greatest commandment. Well, all of a sudden, that happens me. Thou shalt. Well, I couldn't keep the Ten Commandments. What makes you think I can keep this? All right. But in, in, in Young's translation, when it says heart, mind, or heart, soul, and mind, Young says, with your heart, with all your soul, and with all your understanding. Mm -hmm. So God says, wherever you are, however you see this, love me the best you can. Mm -hmm. And he will come in and he will fill that more and more. Mm -hmm. But you at least, you know, don't say, you know, I can't do 100%. And if I can't do 100%, I just quit. Mm -hmm. But he's saying, no, if, if, if you can give me 10%, with your, as far as your understanding goes of who I am, I will fill in the other 90. Mm -hmm. So I like the word understanding better than mind. Yeah. I, in the old covenant, and I didn't, I thought I printed it up. It's well, like in, in Deuteronomy when it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. It, the word is the Greek or the um, Hebrew word is Ahab. And let me look it up for you because I apologize. I thought I had printed it, um, but I will get there. But it's a different concept, and I'm going to ask you what's different between that and the New Testament. Where is that in Deuteronomy? Yeah, Deuteronomy six five, and it's the same Greek word or Hebrew word that's used almost throughout the entire Old Testament. Word love there is human love for another includes family, human appetite for objects, human love for God. Hmm. I mean, you know, human love is usually self-centered. Interesting. God recognized in the Old Testament, we can't do it. We can't do it successfully because we're using human love. In the New Testament, it's agape. What changed? What happened? I think grace. Okay. Something. Grace is a manifestation of a work. What was the work? Well, the work was done at the cross. But okay. I, but I'm, I'm taking this kind of like what Greg was saying, and I'm thinking about all these things that 
you know, Christ loves me this in from the top down as, as you've written on the board. And then I look at it and I think, but do I love him in the same way? Nah, be honest with you. No, I'm not going to say I do because I don't. But his agape says, that's okay mm-hmm. because I love you enough. Mm-hmm. He says, love me in your understanding. Love me in your understanding. Love me right where you're at. However you can. With whatever ability. With whatever ability. And he doesn't judge your love. He doesn't judge where you're at. He just goes, you know, I love it when you think about me. I love it when you talk to me. I got to throw some fundamentals baggage in the trash. Hold that thought. Well, actually, get rid of it. Keep that thought. But isn't it interesting? In the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the definition of the word love for God to love God was it was impossible to do. That's why they, you know, that's what he's trying to tell them. And then so he comes along and in the New Testament he goes, It's different kind of love. People wake up. It's a different kind of love. So he's telling these people who are operating in the old covenant out of a love for God that's coming out of self-focus and self-need. And he's saying, Break out of that. This is what it is. It's this. And I realize that you're going to have trouble. So in my grace, I'm going to empower you to do the best you can. With the hope that for us, from our side, with the hope that I get better with time. I age like fine wine. Today, I don't feel like fine wine, but... But the union brings his love in us. The union brings out that love in us. When when I yeah, his love. When I feel like I just can't do it, he goes, Hi. I'm here. We'll do it together. Oh, by the way, I'm going to energize you, replace the energy you lost so we can keep going. That's pretty cool. So what are your thoughts about this so far? Just like the song said, he's always running after us. He's always there. I mean, he accepts us as we are, but knows what we need and want. And so he never abandons that. Yes. So he just keeps adding to it. Yeah. So this is a so this loving God this way is a level of understanding that we're developing. Our religious roots, roots in religion didn't develop this in us. The the religious roots that I grew up developed here. But perfect love casts out all fear. This kind of love moves me out of fear into a confidence, into a strength. But I haven't pondered that much. None of us have pondered it much because we weren't taught that. You know, and I've never really thought about that we need to give that agape back. That's it's part of the circle of life and, and the dance. Because he gives us that unconditional love, but do we give that back to him? Do we not make demands on him? He doesn't make demands on us. So why do we demand that he do this and that and the other thing? I don't know. It's just a whole new process. It is a process, yeah. And sometimes those demands are out of, out of fear. God, you better do this. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of a generic screen of what love is. And and the return love is, you know, the the, the next question is, as I begin to develop this, how do I how do I love back? What does Don say? Don Keithley says, a lot of times our responses are directly related to our understanding and awareness of his love for us and, and his grace. And we begin to just supernaturally, not supernaturally, naturally respond back. So, you know, I know when Sharon heard what she heard today, there was a heart response that went out, right? 
And that was sort of just drawn out by his pointing the love in and her response. And love is powerful enough to change the world. Gary. But it's really the only way to 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 break out the the us and them, to break out the judgmental attitude towards others who we really don't know who they are anyway in reality. Uh, it's the only way to to break those walls down mm -hmm. to where we all function in unity together. The denominations, the whole thing, this whole concept is the only way you get to that end result. Yes. And it's a process. Totally. It starts with us talking about it. Bringing a new perspective, which may ultimately modify our beliefs. That's what I was seeing in, in Linda and Mike, is the love in them radiates around to a healing. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a strength. It's, it's That love is actually a ministry that changes the world and changes the lives around them. Yeah. Just because it's what you have that you allow. And the more you ponder it growing, the more it grows. <laughs> To be honest with you, most of the time we don't ponder stuff long enough to see it materialize because the next crisis comes along and we fall backwards into old patterns. And so that's why I keep talking about it and I keep hammering stuff the last few months. It's because the only way to break out is to just keep talking about it. Keep raising, raising awareness. I mean, you can have you can have awareness of every gift that God has given you, spiritual gift. But if you don't have love, what does Paul say? It's nothing. And so the things of the world start to pull us away from this because we haven't been taught to focus here. And I just think it's cool to think about God. He sits and ponders and asks questions all day long. He's got a nice easy chair for it. And it's great. And stuff that he comes back with, wow. Because he's pondering. He's, he's pursuing. Carol. So a question popped in my head that I think is um, common for people to ask is, okay, how do I get this love? That was where we're going to go next. So why don't you start us out? How do I get this? Um, I don't think you can get it. I think you have it. Okay. And I think you have to realize, become more and more aware that it's already, you already have it. You just don't know it. But there's stuff in the way. Yes. And, and getting rid of or letting go of the stuff in the way allows the love that's already there to to uh, magnify to increase it doesn't increase it just you have a greater you have a greater increase of the awareness yes that's already in you yes and are there are things you can do to begin that process and to keep it going one of which is to recognize, I already have it. And we're not talking about you have to 24-7 praise God, give him love back, because then you wouldn't function in life, and you wouldn't be able to love yourself or others because you'd be too busy. And we all know people who have been so heavenly-minded that that's all they know, and they're not much good elsewhere. Okay? So one of it is, you know, Paul. when Paul talks about, like, you know, we we pray without ceasing he's not saying well I'm all day long he's just saying every time something comes up just pray it back give it back to god you know and so it's the same thing here so you start out by saying god likes me god loves me i have all the love i need in me both for god for myself and for others now that may sound like a hollow statement to some but you got to start someplace it's the same as saying do I love myself the same way God loves me? Yeah. And if you realize that you love yourself the way God loves you, you'll realize you already have it. There you go. It's good. It's 
Good. Linda? Mine went even one deeper than that. For me, it started when I realized that I could like myself. When I realized that God liked me, I'm like, wow. And that allowed me then the ability to get rid of a bunch of junk and say, you know what? I I like myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the catalyst that did it all. Yeah. You know, when you come to the place where you go, God like God likes me, who am I to argue with God? Right? No, God, you really don't like me. God, if you only knew me, you wouldn't like me. Wait a minute, time out. He already knows you. See, all of that, you know, all of that plays together when you're in the negative place. And if you can remember that 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 he's there all the time and knew you then and liked you, mm -hmm. why would he not yeah. like you now? Yeah. You know, and that's why at times we need each other because sometimes I get in that place where it's only dark. And, you know, Linda and I have almost a 40-year history now. And she can walk up to me and go, hey, wake up. <laughs> right? I mean, it was 1984 when I first met Linda. So, and we've seen some good times and bad times, and we've encouraged each other and challenged each other. And my wife can walk up to me and go, hey, knock it off. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, so once in a while I move into a pity party, not as often as I used to. And it usually only takes me a day or two to, to realize I'm in a pity party. And then I just start going back to praising and loving him. So there are ways that we can do this. We can, we can, how, what are the ways that some of the ways we can do this besides recognizing that we already have it? We can utilize it. Okay. We thank him. We thank him. Greg, what do you mean by utilize? Well, he doesn't give his love to you for you just to sit on and meditate with all the time. He wants you to give that out to other people. Okay. To show him. To show right. him off. Which comes into your authority and your position in him. Okay. So I'm just going to put display him. What else? What do we do this morning? You can set aside those times specifically that you, like just when you're getting out of bed, for instance, or going to bed. Take time. Remember the teachings back when we were talking about the difference, delta state, beta state, <laughs> theta state, all that? The theta state, just before you drift off and just when you're waking up, you're in the theta state. And you can just go, Oh, God, you're just so awesome as you're drifting off to sleep. And you can wake up by going, Papa, thanks for breath today. Little things. You know, one of my favorite saying is, every day I draw breath is a great day. Because it is. Fog on a mirror? Could be. I don't know if you've listened to the, the tape. Um, that I sent or the video I sent you on about Chris's walk and his. Have you watched it? I have not. Chris Valentin. It's on my. Yeah, Chris Valentin. who's with Bill Johnson. And he said there came a time where he, he was growing in the Lord. And he and Bill Johnson went to a conference and he said it was, we had a little. We had a cabin. It had a bathroom and two twin beds in it. And he said he got up in the middle of the night and Bill Johnson's laying there with his hands on his chest, just saying, I love you, Jesus. Mm. I need you, Jesus. Mm. In his sleep. In his sleep. In his sleep. And just repeated that. Nice. And he said, that's when I knew I needed to follow this man yeah. to see what he had yeah. and how did he have it. Yeah. You know, because it was even in his sleep, he was he was talking to the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Try this one on. I believe helped me overcome my unbelief. Remember that scripture? 
that's actually a prayer of love back to God because you're recognizing he can help me. I don't understand it, Lord. Show me. You say it's already in here. Help me unpack it. Ezekiel saying, nor the dry bones, Lord, I don't know, but you know. Yeah, yeah. See, we, we, we've been programmed again in our religious background. You have to recite the creeds. You have to get on your knees. And in the case of some monastic people, you got to crawl up 80-some steps on your knees. You have to go into high praise. You know what high praise is? You know, it's that stuff with the organ music. and Takes you really up there. Pink Floyd. <laughs> hey, there were some times. You know, and, and for me, you know, when I first awakened in, in, at the age of 36, it's like, well, Jerry, you have to pray an hour a day. I couldn't get two minutes out of my head. And then I was off into other places. And, and it was like, you have to, you have to, you have to. None of that works. But what does work is, God, I'm open. <laughs> and am I just saying, God, I am open, is an expression of my love back to him. Because it's acknowledgement that he holds the key to some of my to, to some of the things that I'm looking for at the moment. I can do that. I can go, God, I'm open. Do it to your best understanding. Do it to your best understanding. And don't let anybody tell you your understanding is wrong. And just like Michael's saying that he he wants to experience that peace and, and that joy. I mean, you just said it. That in and of itself is him saying, I love you. And yes. it's an expression back to him. That's pretty cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> Last week, the word yearning. Yeah. I've been pondering that all week. That is an expression of love. I want to know. I want to know you. I want to know more. I yearn to know more. I just think that's awesome. It's becoming one of my favorite words right now, along with pondering. Because, you know, pondering, I ponder things. And as I ponder things, expressions pour back out of me. A lot of what we do here is the results of pondering. I ponder. I'm a, I'm a deep ponderer. Even the E squared and E cubed experiments, asking the questions. Yes. And expecting yes. Yes. Linda. And you know, it just occurs to me that what we're talking about in, in uh, the love back to him. It's not this aha, magical, mystical thing. It's just us living and and being with that interaction, with that relationship. It doesn't have to be this holier than thou thing. Yes, just, yes. You know, part of part of where we're at is brooming the holier than thou stuff out of our lives. Remember, we've talked about last week or two about breath. You know, when you're breathing in, you're just, you're conscious of God. You know, you can, that's why you do this, the, the breath things. I was doing breathing while that two-minute inter thing was going on. And, you know, I'm just breathing in and just thanking God and breathing out, realizing I just had another breath of life. And even something as simple as that, even for 10 breaths, moves us into that theta state where we begin to experience more of our relationship with him. The beta state, which is our natural, you know, dealing with our natural realm, wants to suck us out of here. It wants to pull us away. It wants to divert our attention. And sometimes we have to focus on what's going on in the natural state. You know, I mean, if my house is on fire, I, I definitely want someone to call the 911 while I get my hose out until they get there, you know. Um, so sometimes I have to focus on those things. But I don't stay there all the time. And and so I'm just wanting to encourage you today. And we're gonna we're gonna hammer next week 
some more of this with what what do I think about me? Do I really love me? And I'm going to challenge you with that question. Do you really love yourself? That's a good question. And if I'm struggling with identity things, odds are I'm struggling with loving myself. That's why we spent some time on identity recently. Who are you? Who does God say you are? And those kinds of things bring us into the place now where I can begin to ponder and meditate on, wow, I remember a season when I really liked myself, and I was content with myself, and then I encountered religion. And then I was no longer content with myself because I was never good enough. I had to constantly do more. Well, that gets old. And eventually you give up. And that's when God goes, well, it's about time, right? Now I can. Why? Philosophers have said throughout time that in order to love anyone else, God included, you have to love yourself first. And that sounds trite, but, and I'm okay with myself, but it's, um, I think there's truth to that. And I know you said you're going to get into it next week. The thing that I, I think I struggle with is being pragmatic as I am. It's hard for me to love a God like the doubting Thomas, mm -hmm. if you will. You know, it's a spiritual thing. You can't see. You can't really touch. How can you feel that if it's so abstract? Mm -hmm. That's what I wrestle with. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those, God, show me. I'm wrestling with this. And the fact that you're wrestling with it and can even say that, I think that's an expression of love. Because you're saying, I know there's more. I just haven't experienced yet. And I just think those are good things to put before God. He, There's no bad question for God. Not one bad question. All right, let me hear from the people online. What are you guys hearing and thinking about? Am I unmuted? You are. Okay. I was thinking uh, when we awaken to loving no man after the flesh, me included, that we cast down thoughts that are contrary. And as I said earlier, love, agape love, supersedes all the stuff in the way, as Carol said, all the carnal love. I am his DNA. Good. It's good, Karen. Muriel, Mark, let's go with Muriel first. I was kind of thinking of, of the love relationship and how it's it's not one way. It's 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 an interaction. It's a, hey, how was your day? Let, let me hear about what what you went through and how you're experiencing things. And you know, like, does does God have those sort of things where we can sit down and have that conversation? Sometimes we kind of put it more on our side where, you know, I don't know, um, just that interaction, you know, maybe that's going to be the next next two that we'll be talking about more of that. But it seems like we've been kind of more one-sided mm -hmm. and I would like to explore the whole picture okay. as it is. Mark, anything you want to add or you want to put out there? I, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this stuff here, especially the last month, and feel like making big progress, and it's, I had a list going like you got on the right side of the board there, but to me, it was just a to-do list, and I seemed like I was checking all the boxes, and I wasn't feeling it. I got frustrated and uh, it's about the getting to the give up stage and how I finally bounced out of it, which I heard stories from others in the past, just other stuff online and anyway, where people actually just threw up their hands and said, I give up. And 
And that's pretty much what it was. So it's it's not a to-do list. It's a, it's a, here it is. So uh, here's my new list. And I'm still filling in the blanks and trying to get a better grasp on it. But right now I'm like, I don't need to know all the details. <laughs> I know what works. And that's believing that I need God in everything that I do. That's my number one. Not just some things. Or go ask for God's help when I'm stuck. I've been going under my own power for a long time. And I need God in everything. Mm. So, two, keep in mind that Jesus was a good show me kind of guy. And he only did what the Father said. Mm-hmm. So, I need, one thing I needed to do is to stop being a victim of my behaviors. Mine, many people in the grace movement here are, I'll go back to uh, the religious background and and that I don't. My, my big uh, behavior that I finally got behind me was the drugs and alcohol recovery. So that's a good thing. And I don't spend any time on it was a great bunch of people that i met in church uh and they're still there they're still a good bunch of people and they're in good hands the holy spirit they got the holy spirit's taking them on their path so i'm good with everything i picked up all the people i met so don't even focus on what my bad behaviors were anymore so what I do, I've been focusing on a lot the last two weeks, is to be in uh, in agreement with God about my identity. Since I want to get away from what my behaviors were, and I want to see, I want to see the same thing God set, sees about my identity. There you go. Just what we've been covering a lot. Yeah. It's really about, uh, while moments the last few weeks um so i'm just open-minded open throwing it all out to god as i'm a, whatever it is i'm in agreement with you and then i can be in rust rest in god mode or trust god mode and i'm i they're the same thing to me rust trusting in god and trusting god that means I can wait and see what's going to happen. I can also ask questions. But when I think I hear something from God, then I should take action on it. That's that's when my to-doer should get doing. Until then, I'm just doing stuff on what I think is right, not on what I other some things I should be doing. So that's and then I gain that experience. And then my believer is growing. So uh, that's how I've wrapped it all up right now. And uh, making sense to me, it's not all clear. And I don't even think I can explain it very well. But that's what you get right now. Excellent. Thank you. Coming back to the room then. Anybody have any last minute thoughts or takeaways? Because we're going to end here in a couple minutes. I mean, I just sort of planted a seed today. And I'm going to watch it grow over the next few weeks. I'm coming for your precious things. You know, I just, I, I hear you talking and talking about how you keep coming back to teaching us about identity and love. And I just think that's a great idea because I've been walking in conditional love because that's the way we are. That's the way humans are. And I've been walking in conditional love from family, from church, from every source for 61 years. And it's not, I'm not going to get that out of one 45 minute meeting to, to get erase all that. So this constant keeping this in front of me that says, yes, you are loved, that God loved you first and he sees you as holy, perfect and loved. I can't get enough of that. Well, you're going to get more. Good. Anyone else? All right. Thank you for your indulgence of me today. Uh, Thank you for 
participating. Father, we thank you. This is just an awesome day. We know even more today than we did even yesterday how loved we are and how we actually naturally respond to your love towards us. And so we we thank you. We know there's more unfolding. That's the beauty is there's more unfolding. There's experiential revelation beyond what we've ever seen so far coming. Every experience, as as Mark said, it just it modifies and changes us in a in, in ways that we hadn't anticipated, and that's good. And so, I just say over each one of you this week that it's going to be a great week. You don't have to let anything pull you out of this, but if you start to feel you're being pulled out, seek someone out. Pause. Take some deep breaths. And I promise you, you're fine. Amen.